Are you ready to be empowered for God to use you in advancing his kingdom in this hour? Then welcome to the Keeping It Moving podcast. I'm your host, Apostle Kim Davis, and I will share with you how to persevere with power through every challenge that seemed to block you as we keep it moving into the divine purpose of God. Let's go. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and full of quiet gentleness. Then it is peace-loving and courteous. It allows discussion and is willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It is wholehearted and straightforward and sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Is there a problem? Is there a problem? Is there a problem with PR? Is there a problem? Well, grace and peace, and welcome to another episode of the Keeping It Moving podcast once again. I thank God for each and every one of you that are listening. I pray that you have already subscribed to the podcast and it is a part of your weekly life. I remind you every now and then that we are in the process of getting ready to even bring you some interviews from those who have these powerful books out there that will help us on our journey as we move forward into the things of God. I pray that you have already went to my website at kimadavisministries.com, checked out my book, The Power of Wisdom. There's another one on there too that we're going to talk about lately uh, called After the Dust Settles. I'm not even going to start talking about that, but I hope that in going there, you're getting to know me. Um, We are becoming even more family. Reach out to me, email me or something even at kimdavisministries at gmail.com and let me know that you are enjoying the the podcast. So I want to get into uh, where I am today. Last week, uh, we uh, talked about uh, why can't we just get along? Why can't we just get along? I would have called it part two, but today uh, uh, I would have called this part two, but today I want to call this today. What's really going on? What's really going on? And as I'm looking around, I'm not going to tell you any lie. I am con- I am concerned about what is going on in the world as we represent the in the world as Christians. And I'm concerned uh, of how we are representing or presenting ourselves even as Christians in the church. I've been in church since I was a little girl uh, my whole entire life. And I'm not so sure that I have ever experienced a more toxic environment among Christians, whether in the world, denominations, whether in our local church. And it is disturbing to me. It is disturbing to me because of the rise in violence and hatred. And we as the church, as the people of God, should be the salt of the earth. We should be making a difference. We should be going in and penetrating some of these rotten, rotten situations and circumstances and bringing 
uh, some peace because of the wisdom that we have, because of the power of the Holy Ghost that we have, because of the word that we have, but yet we seem to be fighting. We seem to be at odds, even though we see the world going down, downhill fast. There seems to be no common ground for us to decide that it is better for us to come together so that we can save more people. Nobody wants to be a part of this craziness that's going on, even in the church, even among Christians. People are already dealing with hell on earth and they're not going to come in church. They're not going to come in Christendom and deal with hell as well. And so that's my question today. What's really going on as we disagree on so many things? And uh, I don't know if I mentioned that I have a Bible Institute online called Alliance of Eagles Institute. And just to throw it in there, it's, it's AOEinstitute.com. We are in our second semester and we are, we are uh, studying right now church history. And you can go and you can take one course study at your own pace or you can become a part of this cohort. Uh, but we're, church, we're studying church history. We started with the first 500 years. Now we're studying the rise of Islam. And, and as I'm looking at the history of the church, I'm becoming more aware that the, the inward fighting didn't just begin again. The inward fight, fighting did not just begin with us. It has been going on for a long time. But because of what was usually a remnant, seemingly to me, that would just stand up and fight and stand alone in holding things together, not so much tearing each other down, but trying to hold things together for the sake of the body. And because of those, some of them became martyrs because of those kinds of people. We still are here today standing as the church. But I am so afraid that we're going to tear each other down. We're going to devour each other. And we're in these uh, fragile times because of what we've been through with COVID and not even having uh, the opportunity to meet in the church as we have in the past. And we're struggling to find our place now. You know, some people say they're not coming back to the church. Some people have come back. Some people just say, I don't know what, but it is important that we move ourselves out of the way and look at the bigger picture of what our assignment is here and, and say, what is really going on? How can we come together and accomplish more uh, together than we can separate it. My preacher used to say this. He used to say, can we agree to disagree? Human beings are going to disagree. I talked about that last week, I think. It's human nature because we are not all raised the same way. We have different cultures and these different ways of being brought up. These different cultures, they affect even our beliefs as it pertains to us as Christians. So it's just normal that we would have some areas of disagreement. But how about that we can just come together and agree to disagree for the larger cause? Okay, so to bring the word of God in here, James addresses it to me, and we've been kind of here for the last couple of weeks. 
in chapter four of James, there are several versions that I want to just touch on the A clause of this scripture as I ask the question today, what's really going on? Politically division, you know, racially division. But right now, as Christians, politics and, and race should matter. The cause of Christ should be what we're focused on the most. So as my topic is what's really going on, it seems like James is asking the same question. He says here, in the A clause, which again, this is the only part I'm going to deal with today. From whence come wars and fightings among you? <laughs> Why can't we just get along? That was the King James Version. Amplified Bible says, what leads to strife and discord and feuds? And how do conflicts, quarrels, and fightings originate among you? And, and I hope I can pause right there. Uh, at my own church just comes to mind um, as sometimes I'll get on, on a love teaching and I'll teach it for weeks, if not months. I will constantly do leadership teaching and training and, and, and talk about how to deal with difficult people, how to work together. How to be how how to be a team, but yet it seems like all of those teachings, sometimes with tears, don't always penetrate some of the hearts. There still tends to be strife. Sometimes there still seems to be discord. There still seems to be feuds. There still seems to be conflicts, quarrels, fighting. You, I can preach a word sometimes and then see, see people just go right out on the parking lot and fight and quarrel and disagree. And so James is asking the question, where is all this coming from? Where does it originate? How can this happen? And many times as a pastor, it is very discouraging. It is very discouraging because it almost seems like um, I got better results in the world. I worked in, in at the telephone company for 18 years as a manager, overseeing people. Yeah, there was conflicts. There was cussing. <laughs> I didn't say cursing, cussing. Uh, there was disagreement and fightings and quarrels. But somehow, when I would bring them in and, and even uh, try a conflict management, we would bring the union in uh, and all of those kinds of things to resolve conflict. It seemed like the results were better, that, that those people sometimes learned from it and they, they didn't allow themselves to fall into it. But here we again, but here we go. We are the people of God, full of the Holy Ghost, got the word oozing out of us, but yet... In the body of Christ, in the churches, there's, there are feuds and dis, there's discord and fightings and quarrels. So my question is with James here, what's really going on? Another version said, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? I just ask, I'll be like, whoa, when, 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 I, when I feel myself getting up, Going, getting out of control, even though I feel that it's justified because of the behavior, it, it grieves me. 
It grieves me. I concern myself about what would this look like to someone who's looking for Christ, love, the love of Christ. What would this, how would this damage someone's faith? And the last version said this in the message Bible. It said, where do you think all these appalling quarrels come from? Do you think they just happened? Think again. Think again. And I'm not going to move on um, to the next parts. I'm only going to deal with this A clause. I'm going to backtrack to where I was in, in, in verse uh, chapter uh, 3, verse 17 and 18 on the last talk. And, and I, I tried to end that with some questions. Uh, this particular question, as this is a talk, this is, and I, I feel like I, I, I'm just talking to you. I'm just imparting. How do people feel when they come in contact with you? How do people feel when they come in contact with me? Do they leave feeling encouraged? Do they leave feeling the love of Christ? Or do they leave feeling that there was conflict and anger and quarrels, which further tore them down and stole their hope of finding peace among people who claim to be the people of God? Do you feel like when you operate in how the uh, teaching taught us last week, uh, that true wisdom operates in humility, that you take down, that you don't have to be right, that you don't have to do things your own way all the time. Does When you operate in humility like that, does it make you feel that you are allowing people to run over you? That's pride. That's the way the enemy wants us to feel. You, you're going to let them take charge. You're going to let them outshine you. You're going to let them outtalk you. You're going to allow them to get away with that? What's really going on? But when you allow yourself to operate in this wisdom with humility in the midst of sometimes toxic situations and just human nature where different personalities sometimes clash, when you take down, when you operate in humility, when exercising the wisdom that you have. You already know how it's going to turn out. You already know it's not going to be any different when we operate in, in, in the prideful way. But understand this. When you operate in humility as you exercise wisdom, it is really power under control. I came from Detroit. I tell you that all the time. We're, we're in Detroit, we're very uh, combative, if you will. We're very up in your face. You're not going to talk to me like that. And many times, because that's my culture, that's my upbringing, I, I, I feel it rising up and I have to bring it down. I have to bring it down. I have to bring these very words that I'm saying to you. I have to bring it down and operate in humility is not that big of a deal. And yes, many times I want to say, wait a minute, let me think this over. Let me go back and text them. Let me tell them, let me say something else. No, let it go. And, and lastly, here 
is when I say what's really going on, are you really operating in true wisdom or are you operating in that, in, in what we call that, that with it, it, the scripture even talked about it in the definition, Sophia, that devilish carnal, carnal wisdom. It, it, it was, it was in, in my lesson last week and I didn't mention it. it. It was saying that kind of wisdom that when you, when we're acting like that, it's not God, it's carnal, it's earthly, it's devilish. When we're acting like that, when we think we're standing up for right and we're downing and, and beating down people just because they believe a different way than us, uh, again, with loving kindness have I drawn thee, I can persuade you to come on my side if I operate in wisdom with humility. So chapter 3, verse 17, and I'm done. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and full of quiet gentleness. Look at how we're acting. Ask ourselves what's really going on. What is coming out of my mouth? What is coming out of my spirit? What is coming out of my demeanor? Is it quiet? Is it gentle? Is it pure? Is it, it says, then it is peace loving and courteous. What I see on TV, what I see in church, it's not peace loving. It's not courteous. It's I want to make my view known and my view is the only one that matters. What I think is all that matters. It says it allows discussion. It allows discussion. Why can't we talk it through? Why can't we sit down and talk through our differences? As I said, my preacher used to say, why can't we sit down and agree to disagree? It allows for discussion and it is willing to yield to others. I know some, I like to sit down, I like to reason. I'm analytical. I like to go through point by point. And sometimes when you sit down, you can tell that the person's not willing to yield. But I try to ask myself, even when they accuse me of things that I just feel like that's just a lie. I'm not guilty. I still sit back and I try and operate in humility while I'm talking to them. And then I go back later and I think about it. Do they have a point? What's really going on? How could they even think that about me when that is really what I'm not trying to portray? And I'm willing to yield. I'll come back and say, you know what? You were right about that. And it takes so much to do that. The scripture says it is full of mercy and good deeds. I teach my people mercy is for guilty people. So if someone really did something bad to me and it's proven, it's known, they did not treat me fair, I extend mercy. Yep, you're guilty, but I extend mercy and forgiveness because I would want that same extended to me. Because believe it or not, we are not right all the time. And then I take it further with good deeds. And it says, it is wholehearted and straightforward and sincere. One of my, one of the, my philosophies of life is you'll never have to worry about, our, about how I really feel about you. You'll never have to worry about me being phony and superficial with you. The only time you even have to concern yourself about that 
is when the situation is so perplexing to me that I need time to, to think it through. I'm not just sitting back holding grudges and holding anger. If I haven't approached you, if I haven't come wholeheartedly and straightforward and sincere and, and courteous and peace loving to you, if I haven't yet and there's something between us, it's because I'm praying over it. I'm trying to operate in wisdom that I can come to you with the right words, with the right deeds. And the last thing that it says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. What's really going on? It comes from our flesh. It comes from our carnal desires. It, it does not come from pure wisdom. It does not come from a place of humility. And if we are willing to lay all that aside, and plant seeds of peace. The word of God here says that we will reap a harvest of goodness. And I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Someone called me the other day and told me something devastating that they did to me 15 years ago. And they wanted to apologize. I, I was speechless because I didn't even know they did it. And I had shown them kindness and love. I loved them. Still love them through the years. Never knew that they had did this thing to me. And it was hard. It was harsh. It was bad. And, and, and I didn't go off. I was quiet. I said, it's very seldom that I'm at a loss of words. I said, but I'm a big girl. I know how to operate in wisdom. And, and, and I, I can't, I don't know exactly what to say to you right now. Um, but what you just did, it wasn't for me. It was for you. It was for you. And it's okay. Many times people think that they need to do that. They've done something to you. Even a long time, they need to come to you. And, and, and I bear the difference. I don't know that that's always true. When you give true repentance to God and, and you look at, if I go to them, what good is really going to come out of it for them? Will it just cause them more hurt and pain that they got to go back 15 years and now drudge through some stuff that they, they didn't even know? Something that I, if, if, if God knows your heart and you have forgiven, you know, just let it go. Especially when there's no conflict between you. Now, again, that's just my opinion, particularly in this situation. There are circumstances and situations that it could be different. But the main thing that I ended with was I forgive you and I prayed for them. And I've been able to have a level of peace in my heart about it. I'm hurt, but it's, it's water under the bridge. I'm not going to go through even trying to get revenge, even trying to tell everybody how low down it was. I'm not. So, Father, right now I pray for those who may be experiencing something similar right now. Lord, what's really going on? Help us to operate in true wisdom and humility, that wisdom that is pure and heavenly, full of quietness and gentleness. Give them peace 
even if they're struggling with some of the things that I've said today. Help us, even as the body of Christ and the church, to get along. And we want to represent you well in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. It is my prayer that you were blessed by this podcast. If so, please subscribe and like the broadcast. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Pastor Kim Davis. And visit our website at kimadavisministries.com. So until next time, may the peace and order of God be with each and every one of you in all things and in all times and in all places. Shalom.